Is that the new theme tune? Um, I'm working on it. Although <laughs> Zoom has just come up and just put question mark, are you playing music? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome everybody to the Last On Track podcast. <laughs> With new improved entry music. Fantastic. How are you doing, Rob? I'm good, mate. I'm very good. I think I've just about calmed down from uh, from this weekend's racing, to be honest. I'm I'm still a bit, you know, if I if I talk to, I sort of calm down, but then if I uh, speak to someone who then also watched the race, I then jump back up. Oh yeah, <laughs> or if I just go on any social media and just, oh yeah, is oh yeah, okay, yeah, back on back on the train, back on the hype train, back on the Baku train. Let's jump in then. It was a busy quality, wasn't it? It was a well for the marshals. It was. Yeah. Get those well, arm workouts going. <laughs> Flags busy. everywhere. Busy. Everywhere. Busy for the people down at turn 15 as well to get the barriers back in the right places too. Everyone was so focused on turn eight that they completely forgot. I, the thing is, though, they know turn 15 is a dodgy one. And if you lock up, pretty much everyone that locked up on that corner did not make the corner. So they either had to dive down the escape road and back out of it. Or try and make the corner and crash. I think I saw what I think I saw Seb lock up at one point and still just about make it around the corner, and it was close. But I mean, yeah. how many people? How many people were in that wall? Every, everybody, it seemed like. Oh God, I can't tell you how. I think it's easier to say who didn't crash rather well, than who did. Well, Stroll. So Stroll bottled it first. And yep. did the front suspension on his car, red yep. flag. Then we restart the session, and after just restarting the session, Giovinazzi goes around and goes basically side on into it and yep. it completely ruins his car. Another red flag. Another another red flag in the same in the same session. Yeah, in the same session, another one. There, oh, who caused the third red flag? I can't remember who caused the third red flag. It was Danny Rick, wasn't it? Did Danny Rick end up in turn 15? Not turn 15. I think he was turn... Three. He was turn three. Yeah. Danny, Danny Rick puts it into the wall on turn three. Red flag number three. End of session, that one. End of it? the second session. And then, which meant that Seb missed out by the easiest little bit. Oh, yeah. It was something like four hundredths of a second or something stupid. Yeah, something ridiculous like that. And then we get to the last bit of qualifying, and then Yuki Sonoda puts it into turn fifth. No, it's turn three he as well. Turn three again. Turn three away. Oh, yeah. So Yuki Sonoda puts it into turn three, and then Carlos Sainz just spins behind him. Now I I I don't believe what Carlos said over the radio. I'm not buying it. Why? What did he say? Because he came onto the radio and said, "Guy crashed in front of me and popped." put me off but if you look on the onboard camera you cannot see Yuki's Yuki's is around the corner and in the wall so yeah, you, but you can't can see, see it. you can see the the, the tire smoke and yeah but tire smoke there. you can see a bit of tire smoke that doesn't put you off does it no I well, don't buy it I think he bought I think he he effed it up and then and he bit he effed it up on a big way because he went he was like going sideways then backwards then into the wall like down the escape road like he had everything 
Well, there was certainly busy mechanics, that's all we can say, weren't there? <laughs> Absolutely. But it all led to one thing, one wonderful, wonderful thing. Charles back. on pole. Back Charles to back on pole. When's the last time someone other than a Mercedes or a Red Bull had back-to-back poles? I can't think of it off the top of my head. I want to say it was Charles 2019, but I can't think of where it would be. I'm trying to think, did he have a good one in Monza and then one the week after? Or I can't, I can't remember really. But uh, anyway, it's been a while. Yeah, it has been a while. So, yeah, that's the second time that Ferrari have got a pole position from a red flag. But <laughs> yeah, but thankfully <laughs> it was the, <laughs> it wasn't caused by himself. No, not this time. Is it a tactic? Who knows? I don't think it's a very good tactic. <laughs> risk to be one of the, yeah, it's, um, it's an expensive tactic, but, you know, what can you do? Oh, just looking on the F1 website, Charles got back-to-back wins in Belgium and Italy. So I'm guessing he probably on pole for both of those. Potentially. Anyway, the race itself, Elliot, was uh, quite something, wasn't it, really? Ah, oh, I mean, action from lap one. Yeah. Checo, Checo jumped from P6 up to... Up to second, didn't he? Within what four or five laps? It was it was absolutely wild start. Like everything was going on. We didn't even what about Giovinazzi? Like going all the way from the back to I don't even know where he was by the end of the first lap. But he was going. He was cutting through that traffic like there was no tomorrow. I I think he's possibly the most underrated driver on the grid, Giovinazzi. I think he's a very, very good driver, to be fair. I just think he needs a bit more consistency. But, I mean, he doesn't really have... He has a good, an OK car underneath him. But he is a Ferrari Driver Academy, isn't he? Uh, part of the Ferrari Driver Academy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, could could he end up at Ferrari in a couple of years, maybe? Mm, don't know. I think he'd have to develop a lot more... If he just stays at the same level, then probably just be at Alfa Romeo. And then I assume go into like GT cars or something. But I think he's very underrated because he does he does claim that sort of anywhere between 10th and 12th spot quite a lot of the time. Yeah, he was unlucky. He came 11th this week, so he just missed out on points. And it was Kimi that he was, uh, Kimi yeah. that he was behind. Yeah. I think it's a fairly solid, solid week for Alfa Romeo, to be honest. Absolutely. If we're talking about other solid weeks, Yuki Tsunoda, he's back. Yeah, the hype train (laughs) rolls on. (laughs) He's made in a free appearance. A solid seventh in qualifying and a seventh in the race. Yeah, I think, especially after last week, I think he'd be pretty happy with that. Oh yeah, he's he's gonna be absolutely buzzing a little smile on his face. Bless him. <laughs> Although he needs to calm down when he's telling he's uh, talking with his team radio. Yeah, he does shout quite a lot. He's he did very... tell him to shut up at one point, which was a bit probably a bit harsh, to be honest, Yuki. It's your what what is it, the sixth race of the season? You can't be come on. Wind it in, mate. Wind your neck in. It's not you don't have far to wind it in, mate. Come on. No. 
but yeah, is it is it to do with the the mastery tactic that Alpha Tauri have pulled of moving him close to the factory? Because that's what they've done. Maybe they've relocated Yuki Sonoda so he lives closer to the headquarters. Quite possibly, yeah. So God knows where he was living before then, but who knows? Who knows? While we're on the Alpha Tauri hype train, well, we can't Cody, not talk about. Pierre Gasly, can we? What an absolutely unreal weekend he's had. He oh, was fourth, didn't he? He was on. He was fastest in third practice. He absolutely. He was like up there with the. I think he was in the top six for the other uh, two. First and second practice, he was top six. Third practice, he was first. Puts it in fourth in qualifying. And then sneaks his cheeky little podium in there to complete the trilogy. He's had a good weekend overall, hasn't he? Yeah. He's going to be absolutely buzzing with himself right now. Deserved it, to be fair. He, he absolutely. Did a good, he had a good race. He's put in a lot of hard work. And it was a, uh, a podium full of team rejects, you could say. Well, you definitely can say. Gasly was, has been rejected from Red Bull, demoted back down to Alphatari. Vettel demoted from Ferrari. I'm so happy. I'm so happy. He's back. He's back up. He's back in the game. Absolutely back in the game. The last two races, his confidence has shot up. He had a good qualifying and a great race in Monaco. And yeah, he just, he's absolutely nailed it, hasn't he? Like That that choice of tyre at the start of the race is is, is basically what's won him, well, not won him, what's got him second place this week. Yeah. Well, not yeah, using he... that extra set of soft tyres in qualifying, having this, having them fresh for that second restart. Yeah, well, un- unlike most tracks, the where the undercut is powerful, so pitting early means that you get out early and you can... Uh, overtake people you can make up time on people in the pits it's the overcut in Baku that seems to be the um sort of the best tactic go long first in and come out on the second one because the tyres that, that we have I mean we'll get onto the we'll get properly we can onto get the onto tires, the tyres yes but the the uh, tyres that were available uh, were taking ages to warm up so staying on your on your already warmed up sets were um, was the best tactic and Vettel got it up from 11th to second to prove it. So fair credit where credit's due. Quality little race from him. He does, however, need to work on his Spanish. Well, yeah, he did wish uh, Sergio Perez a happy Christmas, didn't he? So <laughs> He did, which <laughs> is slightly, um, I don't even know what's the opposite to belated. Just premature. Premature, yeah. Yeah. Just <laughs> a very premature. Just six Christmas. months early. <laughs> so my mum's sending out her Christmas cards in June, <laughs> so people can make the most of them. Well, you've got to get me your money's worth, haven't you? Absolutely. Can't have them up for just two days. Well, teams getting their money's worth. I don't know. They're probably not getting the money's worth out of these tyres, though, are they? I mean, right, Let's let's open up. The can of worms that is Pirelli tyres. This has been going on for, I mean, 
it's sort of quietened down over the past couple of years, but like it, this has been going on for a long time. Yeah, there, was a, there people... was a couple of incidents in what was it, 2012 and 2013, where it was Silverstone, wasn't it? Yeah, it was like four, it was three or four cars. Yeah, the British Grand Prix. I mean, it happened. Oh well, it happened a couple of years ago as well at the British Grand Prix, didn't it? Both the Mercedes blew the tires. It was out. last year, wasn't it? And um, was it? Oh, was it one of the McLarens as well? It might have been Carlos when he was driving from yeah. McLaren. I can't remember. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It yeah. was a lot of um, yeah. So, and it's it's happened. It's reared its ugly head again. Tires. They've, they've, there's been complaints from the teams for years that Pirelli aren't doing a good enough job with the tires. And but there's no one else like challenging for them. Other teams of other people have said they've wanted to come in and do it, but they haven't. Like it's yeah, it's an uh, interesting one, isn't it? Because you can't. They've had to. They changed the makeup of these tires for this year by making. Uh, they said they made them stronger or something. I can't quite remember what the phrasing was from Pirelli, but they they changed it and. It seemed to be all right. From like we've not had any issues. the The races have run well, with tyres not being the reason why races have been decided. Yeah. But for from the data from both sort of Lance Stroll's crash and then Max Verstappen's crash, it seemed like the tyres just. It was the same tyre as well. It's the same back left yeah, tyre. Yeah, re- rear left on both of them. Yeah. Now, see, obviously Stroll's was was quite high it was quite close to the start of the big long straight wasn't it yeah so it happened quite early on in the straight obviously went left and binned it into the wall so then when it happened to max like obviously quite a few laps later the same tire went but it was only three, the, the age of the tire was only three three laps more so yeah, max's was only... 30 laps and then max's was 33 yeah, so which the window they that Pirelli came out with was about 40 laps, I think, and that was like them being optimistically cautious with it. Yeah. Saying that 40 is the max you should do on it, and if you try and go further than that, you're, it's your risk. Well, they didn't get it close to 40 laps, did they, either of them? So, to, and to give out at that speed is, it's scare, I think it's slightly scarier for Max because Max was basically on the limit when he went. Lance was still getting up to speed. Max was basically in the DRS zone, like going not near enough 200 miles an hour. Yeah. And the car just goes on him. And he's, interestingly, he did say in an interview, I guarantee that Pirelli blamed this on debris, not on the tyre. Yeah. And funnily enough, the they first have. thing Pirelli yeah. did was come out and say, Max's was caused from debris. And they'll blame it on Lance's crash because it was on the same straight, even though it's a bit further down, they'll say something to do with carbon fibre. But they haven't said anything, really, about what caused Lance's. I thought Lance handled the car really well following it going into the wall. Like, you could see in the replays and stuff, him steering the car into, like, trying to get it out of the middle of the road. Yeah. Because that is not somewhere that you want to be when cars are coming down at, they're probably well, yeah. At that point, they're probably what one forty, probably, maybe more. Yeah, like it's not somewhere you want to be st- sat still. Absolutely I, not. I thought it did. I thought it did really well, and I can't. Well, there's a lot of uh, criticism for from the drivers at the time for how the safety 
safety car and all the flags and stuff was operated. It was going, it took ages for them. Like you could see with a crash that big on the main straight where there's, you can't like divert around it at that speed. You don't want anyone going down the straight at that speed when there's a car just sitting there. So you, you had to question why it took the FIA so long to send this to red flag it. Like there was well, just the yeah. yellow, there was just the yellow flags for ages. Like there wasn't even a safety car out. It was just yellow flags, and you just like. Mm. Well, that that was that was also the problem because they put the safety car boards up and on the screens for the drivers and stuff, but didn't actually send it out. Um, there was, I think, Lando Norris was behind Yuki Tsunoda, and they were flying the double yellows, and Lando saw like got a message, so he backed off a little bit. But Yuki didn't get the same message and he was still going full beans. And there was the brilliant team radio to the FIA between, um, oh God, who's, it's, it wasn't Zach Brown, it was somebody else at McLaren talking to Michael Massey. And they were basically, Michael Massey, uh, sorry, the guy from McLaren was like, oh, come on, you've got to sort Sonoda out because he's speeding under these flags. And Michael Massey's come back and go, um, don't think so, mate, because all of you are doing it. Because uh, so you can pipe down, all right. Cheers. But that's just yeah. more confusion, isn't it? Yeah. Well, there was a nice little message um, from the Red Bull team, basically, when they they, they after Max's crash, they just messaged him and just went, "We got zero warning that that was going to happen. Consider red flagging the race and getting everyone to change their tires." Yeah. And you're just like, "Yeah, fair play, Red Bull." Like they were, yeah, concerned about like it happening to anyone else because you don't want that like happening like and can you imagine there was only three laps to go but can you imagine after seeing that happen twice to different cars on the same tire on that straight having to go back out there on your old tires like yeah. you wouldn't be feeling very pr- particularly confident going down that straight would you no definitely not like it's, uh, Seb had his um G- uh, formula one Grand Prix Drivers Association hat on as well, because he straight away was like, who's next? Who's next on the radio? Like, I think that's why they, um, I think instead of calling the race, they just got everybody in, because there wasn't a reason to like to call it. Like, the light was fine. The time was, like, the time limit that they have to have the race in was fine as well. So I think they just were like, right, we'll, we'll get everybody in, we'll get everybody off these tyres, and then we'll be sorted. Yeah, but it was how good was that last bit? <sighs> Do you know what? Imagine that being like at every race where it doesn't like the whole race carries on and it doesn't matter because it all comes down to doing a standing start with like three or four laps to go. How ridiculous. Well, hopefully, hopefully we've had a glimpse of sprint quality. I hope so. I hopefully. really hope that is it. If that's what it's like and it's just chaos and everyone just trying to get past each other and like it was it was just insane you didn't know where to look like the, the camera crews were working overtime like the race directors trying to like go oh there's an overtake happening there oh there's one happening there as well like you need about five screens to just try and keep well up it was it. it was it was one camera following everybody else and then one camera following lewis as he just went straight on. And I, and I will happily say I gave quite a large cheer when that happened. 
to be honest. Not as a Lewis hater, because I'm not a Lewis hater. We, I think we've established in previous podcasts that we're not Lewis haters. But for overall story and overall brilliance. Just to, just to make it so that, like, there was no one that you expect like well you maybe expected Perez to be on there but you didn't expect him to win just to to have all three people on the podium like just unexpected yeah I think like Seb fully deserved to be in like the position that he was in and then Gasly again deserved to be where he was yeah he yeah they it was to be honest any of those like top like six or seven drivers does had a great race and deserved to be up there. Fernando had a great race and finished. He sixth. was bloody P10 at the start of at the restart. Yeah, he managed to get four places in the final two laps. Like, unreal. He still Lando, got it. He has still got it. Lando, after getting his um penalty and pushed back to ninth in qualifying, managed to get all back up to fifth. Charles yeah. obviously has had a bit of a a bit of a shocker. Well, to be fair well, to him, to be fair to him, he did well to get what two, three laps in before conceding the lead. Yeah, he was basically a sitting duck, really for for it. He, he did well to keep him behind for a while, but it, it was just inevitable that they were going to get past him eventually. Yeah, the power of the slipstream down that straight is too much to really hold off. Well, I mean, well, you say Although, that if you're not in a Red unless Bull, unless Pierre Gasly, if you're not in a Red Bull, well, all right, if you're not in a Honda-powered engine at this race, then yeah. Can we just talk about that brilliant move from Gasly? I'm sorry, the fact that on the restart, Leclerc goes past him in the slipstream with the DRS, and he just drops in behind him, gets the momentum back, and then re-overtakes him. Well, it was it was the whole way round up until turn six. Yeah, and then they fair, were side-by-side side for, like, down. turn one, turn two, turn three. They were both side-by-side, side and everyone's there, like, going, two cars don't go into turn three. Two cars do not go into turn three. Well, the fact that Lando nearly got by the, well, past Charles for P4 as they were still scrapping, and he had to back, he basically had to back out of attacking Gasly and essentially surrender the podium to him so that he finished fourth. It, yeah, it, it was absolutely insane, just, like... What a great little like I don't know, yeah. I mean, you've got to hope that that's what the sprint race is like. The sprint quality is like. He's got to have I the entertainment. So. But... I really do hope so. I mean, is there a case to have sprint quality at Baku next year if they keep it going? Well, if they're going to keep it going, that'll be at all of them, won't it? So. Well, yeah, true. But yeah, just fantastic entertainment, brilliant race. No points for Mercedes. A win for yeah. Red Bull, but also a loss for Red Bull at the same time. Like it was good to see, though, that Max was like obviously after being in the medical room, being assessed for like concussion and stuff, that he was then down at the podium celebration as well and wasn't just off sulking his race because no, he, he, he knew how important Checo was for his race. Like they had the perfect race up until the point that Max was no longer in it. Like, you can't be more perfect than first and second, can you? Like, it's not possible. No, no, it's not. But just... It was also nice to see, like, the Aston Martin guys congratulating Checo and basically everybody 
congratulating Seb. So Mick Schumacher yeah. at the end on his radio was like, because he'd obviously been told what the grid was lining up for the restart. Yeah. And then at the end, he was like, where did Seb come? Where, where, did, where, where did he come? Where did Seb come? Oh, get in. Get in, Seb, lad. He's like his little, um, his mentor though, isn't he? Yeah. Seb's, Seb's a bit like Mick's mentor, so it was just really nice to see. He was just like happy, happy for him to get a good result. Big old wholesome, wholesome feels for Love, that, that, pe- that podium. Wholesome, wholesome content. It's that everybody liked that meme right there. Yeah, everyone did love that. Speaking of Mick, actually, well, not not direct, well, sort of directly of Mick. He and uh, Maspin have had the first little spot of the year, haven't they? Oh, yeah. I, I think what that is, is um, that's Mazepin's payback for Mick diving up the inside to, at the um, the chicane. At, not the chicane. Yeah, the chicane. Yeah, at, no. No. no hairpin. hairpin. That's Cas- the one. Yeah. Get my Casino Square up. hairpin. Yeah, yeah, Casino Square. So Mick basically got the elbows out last week, didn't he? And forced him. Forced his way past. So, so Mazepin's there thinking, nah, you ain't getting past me this week and tried to kill them both, I guess. Remember well, that's, that's what it. Mick said. Yeah, basically, yeah. He's trying to kill us. But it, 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 like, it was the most obvious from Mazepin. It was the most obvious big big turn right. Yeah, there, there was no subtlety about it whatsoever. Like, the fact that he's slow is one thing, but if he's going to... If he does that... To his own teammate, like how how can he not get sort of penalty points for that? Is my question. Because Latifi Latifi's got penalty points because his team because Williams had a shocker and told him to stay on track instead of going through the pits like everybody else was doing. Oh, that was that was chaos, wasn't it? He, yeah. he said he's already under it. And he went, come in, come in, come in. No, stay out, stay out, stay out. And then was like. And then, so Latifi say that, and he goes, okay, come through the pit lane, but don't come into pit, just drive through the pit lane. And he was like, well, I'm already past the pit lane entry now. It's like, thanks thanks for the great communication, guys. Why didn't the engineer just say to him, just come th- drive through pit lane? They've, ju- they, they've just had a bit of a shocking weekend, really, didn't they? Like, back at, even in um, FP3, George's engine gave out, basically, didn't it? Just didn't didn't fancy it and then the gearbox in his car gave up on the way to the grid for the second restart didn't it so and you saw him limp down the pit lane yeah it was just it was a bit of a disaster i i really didn't understand why they pitted george on the first lap as well they literally pitted him straight away i thought that was that was such a poor move like, it was I like just, just, I just starting yeah. on the hard. Yeah, you literally, uh, you, you you can choose what tyres you're on. Why would you not pick that one to start with? And it's not like they'd seen, by that point, it's still too early. to No, no one else was on the hard tyres. So they can't make a judgement on... Well, no, that's not... No, no. there were people on the hard tyres. But yeah, it'd have been one lap. Like, you yeah, can't... it'd only been one lap, so there wasn't enough time for them to like get any data off it really and to decide that that was the better strategy i was convinced that he had damage but no it was just the, the standard pit stop yeah i think i think they just they must have put those tires on and then got got him out 
onto the onto track, got him all set up, whatever, took the blankets back off, and everyone's gone. Somebody, somebody's just gone. Um, why, why are those tires got red writing on? Why are those tires not got white writing on? Has nobody clocked that this is not the right thing? Yeah, it was just, it was just stupid. Like if you've got, if you've made a call on a strategy, at least like give it a, give it a chance. Don't go like, oh no, we've, we've messed it up. Like I, I just don't. Yeah, I don't understand the thinking behind to coming out like. 20 odd seconds behind everyone else on tyres, knowing that he's going to have to come in at least one more time. Yeah, I, I, I thought, I just thought it was poor, to be honest. But overall, like, they know that the overcut is the thing that works best at, in Baku. So why would you try, why would you try the undercut? It does make sense. Or is it an undercut? Is it like a really early undercut? Well, or yeah, because they pit first, or, isn't it? Like, so it's either a really early undercut, or they've pitted so that it's so early that it then becomes an overcut again later in the race when they repit. I think that I think you've been watching the Matrix too much, mate. I think that. Yeah, I think I'm digging. I think I'm digging way too deep into this, going on like double, double agents and things like that. I think they just bottled it pretty much. Yeah, they, they, yeah. However, conspiracy for against Valtteri Bottas. It might actually not be a conspiracy, and he might just be losing it because I mean, he had a he was shite, wasn't he? Really, I we know that Mercedes had a, a really really difficult weekend. It took him until the last thirty minutes of FP three to get the car hooked up finally, but. It, the fact that Hamilton, they've got the car hooked up finally, good enough that Hamilton can put it second. So obviously the car's competitive. And wh- where's Valtteri? He's he's tenth, tenth in a Merc, and not because he had like. Well, that uh, well, was. I mean, the red the was... red flag didn't help, obviously. But he, like, where was his banker lap? Like. Well, he set Lewis's banker lap, didn't he? Because he went out first. And then he was expecting to get a little bit of help with a tow because he'd already towed Lewis for what? For his banker lap. And then they sent him out before anybody else. So he essentially was towing the whole field behind him. Yeah, and then you saw him waiting there for everyone to try and go past him. And he ended up bunching everyone up, which caused utter chaos like no everyone was like trying to start their races but was like everyone was trying to start their laps but was stuck like within 10 meters of another car in front of them and it was it was utter chaos yeah it just wasn't it wasn't good was it like yeah and then you know he he only went backwards didn't he really like i don't think i saw him in the top 10 Oh, I don't remember him being in the top ten at any point, really. Not unless people pitted before him. I think that was the only time. He just, and especially seen as he he is the person on the grid that has led the most laps of Baku, you'd think he would be, like, get have some confidence going into the race. Like, yeah, I know I can I can race this track, but 
absolutely nothing though. It was it was a shocking weekend for him. And has he lost all motivation now? I don't know. I don't, I don't know if it's him losing motivation or if it's the sort of environment at Mercedes. Because there was saw... a very public spat, wasn't there, um, about regarding the pit stop from Monaco with um, Valtteri saying that, well, basically Toto Wolf saying that it was partly Valtteri's fault because he drove into the box in the wrong position. And Valtteri basically calling him out on that and being like, why has that got to do with anything? Yeah, it's just it just isn't a thing, though, is it? Like, and then you know, Toto's this weekend has you know called Christian Horner a windbag over the uh, flexi wing debacle that's going on at the moment. Like, I, it's the first time that they've really been stressed by a competitor, and I think it shows. I, it's it reminds me a bit of you know when Ferrari were nearly beat them a few years ago when Vettel nearly won that championship what, in 2018. Yeah, you could see the cracks starting to show in in the Mercedes garage. Yeah, Obviously and then they, they, they could paint over them a little bit, and then it's it was always going to happen. They were never going to be able to stay on top forever, but it just seems like they're really feeling the pressure. It's a bit like the wheels are slowly falling off the wagon, isn't it? Really, like yeah, it just I, it just seems like things are slowly but surely taking the toll. Like I think it's been from it's been from really it's secure. I think yeah, pretty much. I mean, maybe. I mean, obviously, they've they've lost quite a few people to Red Bull as well. A lot of members of staff have jumped ship to Red Bull. And it it might be that the rule change in 2022 might be a, a blessing in disguise for them because it gives them a re, sort of like a reset and they can show their prow, like their prowess at developing the best car. But then it could also backfire for them and it could be like a bit like Ferrari when they brought in the hybrid era and they could just drop off a cliff and take years to recover. Possibly. But, well, you know, Haas spending all year, all of this year developing that car, maybe, you know, Haas domination for the next Five years, you heard it. I mean, Haas didn't have much of a choice. That they've got absolutely no hope with this car. They just had to bank on that rule change, didn't they? Yeah, I think <laughs> if anyone has done well out of coronavirus, it is Haas, <laughs> which is a statement I didn't think I'd ever say. No. Yeah, that, I mean, the, have you seen the, the? I'm just. We haven't even. I don't think we've mentioned this. The rims on the cars for next season. Well, so yeah. the tires, the new, the new wheels. Yeah, they yes. are, they are wild. Yes. So for for those who uh, are unsure, with this new rule change, come uh, in sort of like, was it the specification for building the cars? Yeah. It also comes in with a new. Uh, I'm gonna say wheel design. It's new to F1 because it's uh, the rims of the wheels are bigger. It's like 18-inch rims, isn't it? So it's like a, a large-ish, a reasonably large road car size, t- size wheel, isn't it? 
Yeah, but the the tires look really thin. I think like the, yes, the amount of rubber, it's a low. Of yeah, it's a low profile tire. Yeah, is, is it, what it's called. It's, it's probably maybe like a quarter the size of a road tire, maybe a third. There's there's a lot more rim than there is tire, and it's quite strange to look at, to be honest. If uh, if 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 anybody's watched F two. It's a similar design to the wheels used in F2. So if you Google, if you just Google F2 wheels, it probably will come up. And that's yeah. what they're going to look like next year. Which begs the question, do you just bring in a load of F2 rookies because they know how to drive the, the cars on those tyres? <laughs> well, they're, well, that's a good well. question. Will, will Mick and Nikita have a, an advantage having driven uh, them most recently? Mm, somehow I still don't see it being an advantage for them. <laughs> I'll, be, I'll be totally honest. How rude. Well, maybe Yuki Sonoda, 2022 world champ. You heard it here first. Oh my God, can you imagine? That hype train will never stop. We love the hype train. Uh, I've got a question for you then, Elliot. Uh, you said at the start of this year, that, well, not this year, you said a couple of podcasts ago that you could see uh, Valtteri being replaced halfway through the season. Do you think that is a genuine possibility now? Um, I mean, I, I, I don't think they're going to do it. I, I think it, I think they could consider it, to be honest. It, it's definitely something they should consider, but I don't think they'll do it. I, I, I definitely thought they, there was a chance at the start. I, I still back the opinion that it would be a good idea, but I just I just don't think they've got the bottle to do it. I think they're going to just stick with what with what works at the well. It's not working at the moment, really, is it? But I don't think they're going to change it. I don't think they want to shake. I think then the for this they want a bit of stability to try and uh, challenge um, Red Bull to get that con- eighth constructors in a row. I think it's. Unless unless Red Bull start pulling it away quite a lot, I think it's a bit too much of a gamble. But if, if Red, to be fair, if Red Bull pull no, if Red Bull do pull away a lot, even go for it, take a gamble, see if it works. If they if they if it's still close, I think they'll stick with Valtteri, even though they probably shouldn't. Well, you say probably shouldn't. Has he signed for twenty twenty two? I I can't remember. I'm not. I'm I not think he only signed a one-year contract, didn't he? Yeah. So they might just see him out to the end of his contract. But do you do you think then that George Russell to Mercedes is still on if they're you know a world of well a bit of a turmoil turmoil? That would it would it be wise for George to go to Mercedes, or would it be wise if Danny Rick continues to struggle? To go to yeah. go to Williams. No, not Williams. He's already at Williams. Go to McLaren. I mean, he he's got a big decision to make at the end of this year. He's got to have some serious chats and and see. But I think I, I don't I don't think he's going to go somewhere else. I think he will go to Mercedes. I don't think he's going to go to a different team in between. I think McLaren will inevitably replace Ricardo with. A rookie now that they've seen Lando is like a genuine number one he's proven himself as a genuine number one driver they can risk it maybe a little bit and 
take someone less experienced. I think uh, the, the past few seasons, Lando's was just a bit too fresh. They needed someone who had previous experience in F1 just to be that solid base for if as a like a, a newbie that he made an error. So I, I, I don't really, I, don't, I mean, it could be a great partnership, an all British team up of Lando and George. It's like best mates as well. Like, don't forget they're like, they're really good mates and have been they for are years. Really good like... mates, and that's why I don't want them on the same team because I think it could ruin that friendship potentially. As, but yeah. I, I reckon I do reckon Russell will go he will go to Mercedes if he stays there for his whole career that's a totally different conversation but I think the first team he'll go to after Williams will be Mercedes do you reckon that it would be Bottas to uh, Bottas back to Williams or would it be the end of Bottas I don't think he would I don't think he would go back to Williams um, I reckon he would um he would go full-time into rallying because he does that part-time over the winter, doesn't he? Mm, that's he, true. He does rallying. I reckon if he got dropped from Mercedes, he'd be, become a full-time rallier. And it's... I want to say it's closer to home for him, less travelling, because obviously the World Rally Championship is basically just in Europe. So, is it? No, it's definitely... It's, it's World Rally Championship, but it's not just in Europe. They've, yeah, they've changed point. it a few <laughs> changed, You know when you say stages. something? When you say something in your head and then you think about it and you just go, what have I just said? <laughs> no, they've changed. They, they do change it quite a lot, but it is it is definitely world. Yeah, but then again, in baseball, it's the World Series, isn't it? Oh, right. American, American sports <laughs> don't count. American <laughs> sports are world champs of the sport that only one country pay, plays genuinely professionally well uh, okay i'd say world series of baseball but they don't play between there isn't an american team and a japanese team playing for that title no it, it, it is bonkers like that they call themselves world like world champions and stuff like that it, it just makes you laugh doesn't it got another one got another go one on. right go, go on who replaces George at Williams then? Would uh, it be would it be someone from the current F1 grid or would it be Dan Tickton in F2, who is a Williams Academy driver and is pretty bloody good? I mean, surely it has to be. Or or Jackie Jack Aitken. Could be. Again, another guy, the guy who stepped he stepped in when um George stepped in at Mercedes for Hamilton when he had COVID. Jack Aitken did step in. That is true. Uh, and he, he didn't have the greatest of weekends, but to be fair, he didn't have much prep, really. He did better than um, Pietro Fittipaldi in the half, so didn't he? Did do better yeah. than him. True. But again, he didn't have much, um, much warning either. It's one of those ones, isn't it? Yeah. I think with a full, like, I think they have to make that that decision needs to be made early for Williams' sake. I think Williams sh- uh, should prepare for Russell not to be there next year, and they should have either Tickton or Aiken. To be fair, do they take both? It, it, I mean, no, it they seem... can't take both because Nicholas Latifi's dad pays for the team. 
Then it pays for the whole the whole team, does he? Well, well, Safina is Latifi's dad's food business. That's the like the main sponsor is Safina. So yeah. Latifi is in that car. Yeah, yeah, probably true. I think it's going to be. I think next year, depending on what happens this year, is S- silly season may well start early. With, I think Williams might have to forego some of their budget if they want to keep George long term. Yeah, I just don't. I don't think it's feasible. They, they've not got a big budget, and I just, I just don't see it being. A well, with I mean, with the budget cap as well, because you have to driver wages come out of that budget cap. Yeah, exactly. And is that going to cause problems for a lot of teams? To be honest. Well, the big the big one is Mercedes. That not, is the only one that it causes problems at. I think. Yeah, well, I, I, I don't know. It, it's well, it's, it's definitely stopped any um, chance of uh, Max going to Mercedes, hasn't it? All those little rumours that Verstappen was going to head over. Possibly, That's yeah. Not possible. They'd have a, a terrible car. And maybe is that the reason Mercedes are struggling? Do they, is their well, they're already... It's all going on Lewis and Valtteri, so they can't afford to put any as much development into the car. It's a theory. It's a theory. It's a we theory, that's for sure. We love, we love um, conspiracies on this podcast, don't we? <laughs> We're an F, we have now rebranded as an F1 conspiracy podcast. Oh... <laughs> <laughs> uh... Next week's episode, more conspiracies. <laughs> yeah, but just F1 conspiracies, not not broad. We won't, we won't be... 5G causes corona. 5G causes corona. And we're taking off the air forever. Thank you for listening <laughs> to our last ever episode of the Last On Track pod. <laughs> 5G does not cause corona. Disclaimer. <laughs> It was an inside job. <laughs> no. <laughs> Stop. You don't know what I was talking about. Stop Anything now. Could be an inside job. Stop now. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, actually, on next week's podcast, we will discuss Le French GP. We will. Will it be a bore fest? Will it be not a bore fest? It seems to be one or the other at the moment, doesn't it? It's either the best race you've ever seen in your life or I'm asleep. Yeah. Hashtag Monaco. Yeah. I did think that... uh, You know I'm not a massive fan of street circuits, but I like Baku. It's not really a street circuit. Like, it is a street circuit. It is. It's, It's a street circuit, but it's designed with modern F1 cars in mind. So except it's for big that, enough. That part of, except for that yeah, part but that's of the track good. about four metres Yeah, wide. but that's good. That's far, that is fine. You can have corners that are tight. As long as it's not the whole track. Yeah, it's brilliant. Like Having that massive straight, brilliant. You can get the top speed out of the cars. You can get n- nice overtakes. You can then get two cars next to each other going around most of the track. Good. And then you get one section that's really tight 
and it really matters how you get through it for then how you get on the big straight. That it, it's a good. I, I really like it. I think it's a good circuit. And there you I go. I think it's it's definitely solidified itself as I, I put it in the top five tracks on the calendar. Really, that's a big shout. I, I I think for the entertainment it brings, it has to be up there. Well, it has. A, well, it has it, had like unexpected podiums in every single race that it's been at. Yeah, exactly. That. Like it, it's just one of those ones. It, it thro- because of the challenges it provides, it, it just throws up random things. It's not like it just you're not guaranteed. It's like Monza. The thing with Monza is you know whoever's got the fastest car is going to win the race because it's just you're on the your average speeds over like 140. Yeah. So whoever's got the fastest car that year is going to win Monza pretty much. Yeah. Pretty yeah, it is. Whereas Baku's just got chaos all over it. One little lockup. And apart from other tracks where one little lockup, you can run wide and carry on. Baku, you have one little lockup, you're down an escape road, and you end up going from first to 15th. Yeah. Or like Carlos Sainz did, who was, what, fifth? And he ended up coming back out, was it 12th? Something like yeah. that. Like, Yeah. You, you, you make that decision of, I'm either finishing my race now because I've, I'm, I'm, I'm going to commit or I can take the L for this one and hopefully strategy or something else goes my way pretty much yeah it's a good uh, it's a solid shell. yeah it's a solid circuit solid yeah. circuit there you go one for the viewers please send in your favourite favourite Grand Prix track and why or your yes. favourite top three top yeah. three top, go on alright you can start the ball rolling then Elliot your top three. Oh, you want my top three? Oh. Well, you've asked listen. the listeners. You've asked the listeners. I know, but you've got to let me give me some time to think. Okay, we're, t- we're talking current F1 calendar. We're not going on like of all time. We're going top three racetracks of the current F1 calendar. Yes. Okay. Um, uh, see, right. I'm, I'm always going to have Silverstone as my number one just because. It may not be like the best, like in terms of things, but for the history behind it and my love for it, I, it was on every racing game that I've ever got. The first track you, I always drive on any racing game is always Silverstone. And they do always have Silverstone. It doesn't matter what kind of racing game as well. Like, I think I had a tour, like all the touring cars ones, they've all got Silverstone on there. Yeah, exactly. Just brilliant racetrack. Hang a straight, everything. Cox, Maggots, Beckett. It's just the lot. Like, unreal. That's number one. And that's all I'm saying for now. I want to have time to think Ooh. about the rest of them. Ooh. All right, okay. Uh, my top three. Suzuka. Ooh. Because it gives... It's got long straights, good twisty bits, and a um, one sharp hairpin and then spoon corner, which is you could probably class as a hairpin of sorts. Yeah, and uh, also gravel. <laughs> uh, plenty of gravel, yeah. Spa. Yeah, love, love spa. Going from, so... from the start to La Source and then down through to Eau Rouge and onwards. To probably the, one of the most picturesque racetracks in the world. Yeah, definitely. 
and then three. I'm gonna, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm gonna say Bahrain. I like Bahrain. Which I one? Think, uh, well, I like to give, but the actual the the Grand Prix circuit. I think the it's, actual Grand Prix, not yeah. the outside circuit. No, I I think it, it's I think it's I think it is a good track, and it always you know it gives it does generally give a good race as well. Yeah, and under the lights it does look. Because uh, yeah, it's, and it, stuff. it's a visually it's a very appealing. Yeah. Race. Yeah. Well, listeners, do let us know what your top three are if you think my choices are stupid. Elliot, you still need to give us a zero of the two. Nope, I'm saving it for next week. Leave How it on rude. cliffhanger. How rude. All right. Well, please do follow us on Twitter at Lost on Track Pod. Please get those uh, your top threes in because we do want to know and we do want to judge you very heavily based on what you pick. If anyone picks Monaco, you're wrong. If Anything anyone else? picks Circuit of the Americas, you're also you're, wrong. You're wrong. Anything else, Elliot? Have a love, stay positive and test negative. Oh, what a great message. What a, <laughs> what great, a great message. <laughs> Say goodbye, Elliot. Goodbye, Elliot. <laughs> I know you've missed it. I know you've missed it for the last two weeks. So I'll let you off. I'll let you do it this one. <laughs> <laughs> you can't see, but I'm dancing. Bye. Bye.